Well, we, this morning we're, we're wrapping up uh, something we've been talking about for a while. When I uh, got back from my sabbatical this summer, we, start, we started off by talking about what kind of church do we want to be? Do we, do we want to fall into the pattern of, of a lot of American religious re, uh, institutions where we just worry about ourselves and we just become consumers of, of ministry? Uh, that's, that's basically what, what American Christianity is evolving into. Or you shop, you even hear about church shopping. You, you look for the best programs, you look what, what's going to, and you hear people talking about what's going to feed me. And, and it's all wonderful. And we can, we can work it through our minds with our, with our self-centered mindset of how the church needs to be about me. And so we, we start off by talking about that. And just in case you're wondering, it's not about you. It, that's, that's not what church is about. He, he invites you, he loves you, he wants you, but it's not just so you can sit back and be comfortable and kick back in your easy chair and say, now I've found it, now I, I've got my religious servants that will feed me whenever I need. No, it's, it's, he blesses you so that you can be a blessing for others. And so that's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks is we've been blessed by God, we have received his grace and his love. We, we have seen his hand at work in our lives. We have, we have been touched by his power. We've been saved by his, his sacrifice. And so how do we, how do we join in that? That's, that's the key, is how do, we, how do we join Christ in his ministry to reconcile the world? And so we've been talking over the last few weeks about, can we make a difference? Can we, can we make a difference in the world? And we've talked about some of the ways we can do that. We, we talked, number one, about helping hands ministry, that, that local ministry that we have. It, it's not actually ours, but it's in our community. It's one of the things we support. It, it's where we have the most people involved. It's, it's where a lot of our finance uh, resources and outreach go. It, it's, it's a ministry that we are never going to know the full effect of. It, just like any ministry, we're never going to be able to measure just how much effect that has had in the community. But every once in a while, we get glimpses uh, through stories. Every once in a while, we get a glimpse of, of a family that was in need, that was in desperate need, that, that just at the right time was able to hook up with them and have their light bill paid. That was able to hook up with them and... and a car was given and they were able to have a car to drive to work which gave them a job which allowed them to the things that happen through that ministry are fantastic and you can be involved in it anytime you want they're open on Tuesdays at the uh, Pernalis property owners building they you can always show up with canned food you can always show up and just lend a hand uh, you can always be praying for them you could uh, there's lots you can do just to support that if you want to go on a mission trip there's your mission trip it's the most affordable mission trip we got. Pace Bend Road. I'll give you gas money if you can't afford it, all right? But that's, that's, that's our, our biggest local ministry. And, and after all, isn't that where we should start? If we're going to make a difference, shouldn't it be at home? Shouldn't it be at home? Yeah. We, we want to make sure that we, we love our neighbors. And, and, and while Jesus defines neighbors as everyone, certainly neighbors involves First of all, those next to us. And just a note, I'll back even up from that. How about, how about our homes, too? Those of you with families, that's your, that's your number one mission field, is your, is your home life. You know, that's, that's, 
God has given you the responsibility. He's given you that charge. He's given you that gift of your family. Minister to them. Sometimes it's easy to be nice to a stranger and then hateful to the one that's with you all the time. You know? But start there. So that's helping hands. Then we talked about Guatemala, the Lucinda Orphanage. And that's, that's one of our international ones. It's in, it's in uh, Sumpongo, Guatemala. And we, we've talked about how we support there. And, and the, the thing I like about the, our relationship there is it's not just a place we send money to. We, we've developed relationships. Certainly the folks that have been able to go down, they've been able to develop relationships with the kids. But the whole church has developed a relationship with them. We were able to bring back pictures. We're able to, to show the growth of it. Because of this church, because of this church and your generosity, um, four, four school buildings were built last year. Those kids just went on summer break yesterday, uh, Friday. That sort of sucks for you kids in school right now. Think about that. They get, they get a summer break right now. But, they, but when they resume school in, in January, they, they will have 125 kids this, this year in school in a place where illiteracy is, is rampant, where, where the public school system is basically glorified daycare, um, where they are giving families a chance to improve, to learn English, to, to uh, become literate, to know how to add, to be able to start a, their own business, to be able to work and, and grow. We're making a difference in that area. Not just with the 24 kids that we support that live in the home full time, but now there's, there's branches out into the community where we're, we're, and this church has been a big part of that. And then we've talked about the nothing but nets. That's our newest deal, and, and that's going to be an ongoing commitment. Our goal over a five-year period is that we want to be able to raise uh, $25,000 uh, towards that. That's about 5000 a year, if I do my math right. I'm, not, I'm a preacher, I know, but I think that's all right. 5000 a year that we would like to be able to send to that. The, the, the program for $10, $10 covers a net. $10 covers what it costs to send uh, people into the region. $10 is... So basically, for every $10, we are impacting a life. And so for $25,000, we could impact 2,500 lives, which is a pretty significant contribution. And so that's what we're going to be working towards. You saw at the beginning of the service as we, we opened up our, our annual, our first annual music, Make a Difference Music Festival. Uh, I wish it would have been like this weather-wise. But despite the weather, it was a great event. And uh, we just wanted to make sure, uh, we, if you didn't, weren't able, we just wanted to make you feel bad. That's why we showed that to you. So you knew all the fun you missed. But... Uh, uh, I mean, it was great. The musicians showed up and, and donated their time. Angels was uh, generous, and, and uh, it's only going to grow from here. And, and we just want to thank all of you that, that supported that. The kids you're seeing are bringing their, their malaria. In a little, the thing I like about it is it gives a handle on a, on a problem that seems impossible to tackle. 
I mean, a, a global disease that's wiping out people, you, the first thought is, oh my gosh, what do you do? In fact, I was reading some statistics this, this uh, week that in Africa, we know there's AIDS and all the other problems too. They're all interrelated. You, they're all blood-borne diseases. They're all diseases associated with poverty and not good drinking water and all that kind of stuff. They're all, in Sierra Leone, this country that, that our church is sending money to, 60% of the deaths in the, in the last year have been malaria-related. 60% of the deaths, and their death tolls are high. 60% of the deaths. How do you tackle something like that? In a country, the thing I like about this program is it gives us a, a little way to, to envision it. That for $10, I can send a gift that will, will impact that life. They can show in the villages where they have the nets that the death toll goes down. It, I mean, it's, it's simple math. It works if they can keep them to use them and if they can keep them from using them as fishing nets and keep them from and, and, and washing them and all the other things. That, but they work. So for $10, we can impact a life. And, and the reason I'm not worried about $25,000 over, over a five-year period is because, you know what? How many ways in a week could you make a sacrifice that didn't affect you in the least that would net a $10 gift that you could give in one week. I mean, think of all the ways we pitter away $10. That it wouldn't affect you in the least that it could make a difference. So that's something we're going to, we'll, we'll continue to talk about that. And, and uh, I love it that our kids are involved in, in our missions and stuff. Uh, Danielle and our children's ministry people uh, the, the volunteers in the Sunday school, they do a great job of pulling them in and you as parents are doing a good job of teaching that. You know, if, if you're going to learn to care, you learn at an early age. We can either teach our kids to be self-centered like us or we can teach them to be like Christ. And, I mean, like, how many of you were fighting to get your money in the offering plate? So, I didn't see anybody jump over the other person to go, wait a minute, I get to put mine in first. That doesn't... That's a learned trait. We learn later on, hey, I'm not giving anything. So I, it, it, it encourages me that, that our kids are, are, are learning those, those things. And uh, we appreciate all your work on that. I just want to wrap it up. This, We've been talking about this. Can we make a difference? We talked about imagining a difference in the world. We talked about that, that concept of imagination is that, that gift that God gives us. It, it maybe is a part of that image of God that's created within us. The ability to think beyond our, 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 our circumstances. To imagine a, a better place. And I, I just want to sort of wrap up that whole thing this morning. And talking about being a, a better tomorrow. And, and I picked a passage that, that sort of has the picture of who we want to be. And why we want to be it. It's in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and remember, uh, these are, it, all these Colossians, Ephesians, they're letters to church groups. As, as Paul and, and the other disciples were going, going out and starting churches, they, 
they would sort of get it going and move on to the next, but they'd keep in touch. And, and Paul would send back instructions to them. They, they would lose sight and they needed to be encouraged and they didn't have seminaries and everything back then. And so it was the way that they sort of trained them up and, and reminded of them of what their goals are and what they were supposed to be doing. So this is, this is Paul's instruction to them and he's, he's encouraging them. And we're starting in uh, verse 12 of chapter 3. And, and the topic that he's been talking about is we're called to a new life in Christ. We're not supposed, Jesus is not just supposed to be the, the, the thing we do on Sundays. We leave the old life behind when we put on a completely new path. In this, in this passage, he's going to talk about clothing yourself. That we, we carry our tired rags from, from our sinful life. We need to take them off, burn them, and put on new clothes. And those new clothes are, are Christ and His righteousness. Okay, So that's the word picture we're working with. Verse 12, since God chose you to be holy people that He loves. And I'm going to stop right there. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves. Just so you understand that, it doesn't mean... Since God chose you because you're on the right team or you're in the right denomination or you, 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 were, you were the good people that came to church this morning and so he chose you and not those sinners out there watching TV or the ones that went up to Dallas and wasted all their money on that football game and are nursing. It, that's not what it's talking about. Here's what I want you to get. Since God chose you to be a part of what he's doing in the world, he chose you to be a part of His team. He chose you to be a part of what He's trying to do in the world. So many times we, we think maybe God's against us. We don't think He can use us. We, we wonder if, if He really knows who we are. Not only does He know who we are, He's chosen you. And that you is a universal you. It's whoever will accept the invitation. He has chosen you to be a part of His holy people. In other words, He's chosen you to, to live out that new life. Holiness is simply being recreated in the image of God. Holiness is, is pursuing Him instead of pursuing our own wants and desires. Since God chose you and me, since He since He chose us, that we're on His team, alright? That's important for the whole load. Since He chose you to be the people He loves, you must, you must clothe yourselves, and here's the list, with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, you must forgive others. And above all, if you're going to put on these new clothes, if you want to, if you want to strut around in your new Christian duds, this is, this is what you need to put on, alright? Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. 
Let the message about Christ and all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him, to, through God the Father. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. What he says is, in this new thing, this new team you're on, you've been drafted by a new team. I mean, you, you, he should have abandoned you to, to the loser bracket a long time ago. He shouldn't, if, it, if, we were, if God made sense logically, you wouldn't get chosen. Because you, like me, have screwed your lives up. You, like every other person that has ever been created, has screwed your life up. So he wouldn't be choosing you if he didn't love you. He has chosen you despite your mistakes. And what he's saying is, now that I have chosen you, now that you're on my team, I want you to wear my uniform. And my uniform isn't something you get to go buy at Academy Sports or Walmart. Your uniform is the way you act. If you want to be on my team, if you want to wear my uniform, my uniform is about generosity. It's about sacrifice. It's about love. It's about peace. It's about patience. It's about encouragement. He says, put, put that on. If you want to be on my team, that's, that's what you need to put on. I, I hope you're seeing how this, this whole stuff we've been talking about connects together. If we're going to be on God's team, if we're, if we're going to be more than just a country club, if we're going to be more than just a, a gathering of upper middle class folks that live in Spicewood that come together, pat themselves on the back and say, oh, aren't we wonderful? Because we gave a little bit of money to, to some poor little kids in Africa. If we're going to be more than that, if we're going to be representatives of God, if we're going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, if we're going to be a part of the ministry of Jesus Christ and his reconciliation of the world, if we are going to be a part of that team, these are the clothes we need to wear. These are the clothes we need to wear. Kindness, gentleness, generosity. That is who we are called to be. And then he says, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, do it as if you're doing it for God. You know why he has to run that in? Because we like to segment our lives, don't we? We, we can deal with, you know, that's why a lot of people have a hard time with our casualness here because their whole concept of Christianity is I dress up and I pretend once a week. And if you take away the dressing up, how am I going to remember that I'm supposed to be nice? You know, that, that was like my whole religious exercise was putting my suit on, and now I don't even get to do that anymore. Because so many of us, we, we have this concept that, you know, God only sees us when we're, when we're here. You know, if, I'm not encouraging you to smoke or drink, but if you smoke, it's okay for you to smoke here. I hear I'm not smoking on church property. I'm not going to smoke on church property. I'll wait till I get up. God sees you there just as He sees you here. If you're going to give yourself cancer, you're going to get it there as well as you get it here. I mean, come on. 
or the drinking last week in the in the thing. I don't know if you saw it. But there was a couple Budweiser bottles. I had to cut out the pictures of all of you, you know, going like that. But <laughs> as the folks come up, is it okay if we get a beer? This is a church gathering. I'm not your parent. I don't know. If if you're Sitting by yourself at home alone in the dark, drinking, is that any different than if you're doing it out in public? See how crazy we've made ourselves? You know, or, or some, it's classic when, I, when, I'm, when people find out I'm a pastor and, you know, on the golf course, they have been cussing up a blue uh, storm the whole entire round and then somebody drops the bomb that I'm the pastor and, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to cuss in front, oh, so it's better if you cuss if there's not a pastor around. But where do we come up with this rationale? What Paul is reminding us is where these are not clothes you put on every once in a while. These are clothes you wear everywhere you go. Christianity is not something you put on and off. Christianity is something that you put on and you keep on. And once you take that name, once you take that identity, no matter where you go, you're an advertisement. There's two reasons he warns us. Number one is to protect the outside world from us. Because you've heard me say before, the worst advertisement for Christianity is Christians. And it's just for this reason. That we think we put on our fancy clothes on Sunday and then we get to, we get to be incognito for the rest of the week. No. You put on your clothes when you belong to Christ. Because he's the one that clothes you in his righteousness. And then you carry that with you throughout your days. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, you are representing Christ. Whether you realize it or not. And so he's saying, hey, no matter where you go, do it as if you're doing it for God. He's also reminding us, you can't fake it. Let me make one more connection for you and then I'll close. Matthew 25, there's a, there's a parable, the sheep and the goats. You've, you've heard this before. And, and, and it's, a, it's a parable about the end times, about how we'll be judged. And, and it says that he puts the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And, and after he divides them, he, they go, hey, how did you make that decision? How come they're going to blessing and we're being punished? And Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these, You've done to, remember what it says? You've done to me. He says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. And they say, Jesus, I don't remember seeing you hungry. I don't remember seeing you thirsty. He says, when you did it to the least of these. You did it to the least of these. When you did it to the least of these, when you. That's the clothing we wear. And the reason I get choked up is because I just, I can imagine a place where we do that, where that is our, that's our identity. And I also know how easy it is to fall away from that. We are this close to be in such a vital witness to this area, to around the world. We're this close. We're going to work on your laziness and your, 
everything else coming up. I, I can kick your butt into shape. I just need you to put on the right team clothes. We're this close. We're this close. I just know how easy it would be to, to fall back into the pattern. Clothe yourselves with righteousness, with holiness, with gentleness. You remember what he says? Above all else. If you only want to buy one article of clothing this morning, make sure it's love. Why don't you bow with me? Let's, let's pray. God, the, the, we really do want to do what's right. That's why we come in the morning. We, we have that desire. It's just sometimes we, we lose sight of how to accomplish it. And sometimes our, our ego and our, our worry about ourselves get in some way. But deep down, there is a yearning desire. There is a burning desire to be on your team. Will you give us the ability to trust in you? Will you give us the ability to, to live our lives for you no matter where we go to, to have the characteristics that were listed in that, in that passage we, we read? God, help us turn from who we were and help us to, to walk towards who we can be in you. Ultimately, God, we want to share the blessings you've shared with us. Ultimately, we want to be your hands and feet. We want to help you in, in what you're trying to do to save the world. We, we have been blessed beyond belief, and, and now we want to turn around and, and help that, help others find that same blessing. God, we believe we can make a difference if we, if we follow and trust you. We pray that in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ.